Jerusalem, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD, when we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you about to get geeked up, so sit back, relax, and get comfy, lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten, coming straight out of Gotham. And hello, everybody out in Central City. Welcome to another episode of Straight Outta Gotham, episode 35. We are a fandom pop culture podcast and a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Make sure to check out all the other great shows on the network by heading over to BatmanPodcastNetwork.com. I'm your co-host from the home state of Dickie Moltisanti and senior contributor to Batman on Film. I'm Peter M. Vera, and today we are recording on March 13th, 2021. And as always, we have a great show for you today. But before we get into the good stuff, I would like to remind you, all of our faithful listeners, that if we take and if you take the time to rate and review our show on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, and we read your review on air, we will send you a special prize pack. And today we actually have a winner for you, so we will announce that at some point in the show. Now, let me introduce you to my partner. Uh, the man who won the best impression at 2007's Francesicon, a fellow Batman on film contributor, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Eric Holzman. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Pete. How are you, man? I'm good. Uh, is that was that a little bit of your Francesa impression? No, I have to do it back after this. I guess that would be the best, the best Francesa impression. But um. That was a long time ago, and I was drunk. It's a long story. <laughs> you were drunk, Francesca? That's interesting. I was just, um, you know, someone just put me, Francesca Con was happening, and they were like, oh, you know, do it, whatever. And I was, I hadn't listened, it's weird, I hadn't listened to that show in a long time going into that, because I had mm-hmm. started to veer away from Mike and the Mad Dog. And then when, um, but Chris left after that. But still, I had started to be away from him anyway. Um, so it was weird just having that opportunity. And I don't know. I just I was just on that day. <laughs> and, okay. You know, <laughs> I was just on. And I've been here 20 years. been here 20 years. You know, yeah. Yolan Santana, one of the best bitches in Mets history. Not Tom Siva, but, you know, he's pretty good. Oh, the whole Java, the Java Chamberlain rants. Remember the Java Chamberlain rants? Java's not a starting pitcher. <laughs> it wasn't, no, it was Andy Pettit's not a relief pitcher. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. like oh, Java Chamberlain rants, yeah. Oh, the good old days. That dude, Hopefully man. baseball season's good this year. Well, the Yankees won today. I watched some of the game. I got some of the alerts, so that's good. Yeah. They're, they're they're having a good spring. And Jay Kluber looks pretty good. good, so. Yeah, slider looked good. I saw some clips. Not so bad. that's a good thing. Um, See, once right. again, we're giving people sports, giving them right, everything. Well, let's, get, let's get back into it. First, let's give uh, <laughs> let's give our uh, contest winner a shout out because um, he deserves it. Uh, five star review from Big Jimbo three sixteen. Great comic coverage. I'm new to this podcast, and so far, I'm really loving it. Great coverage and depth. I look forward to the, listening to the future shows. Keep up the great work. So, someone's basically telling Eric Holzman he's got to read more comic books. I don't <laughs> write the reviews; I just read them. So, you know, the the fans have spoken. They want more comic uh-huh. book talk on the show. Ryan right. Lauer, thank you. Uh, well, we are talking some comics today because we're going to be talking uh, James Tynan's Joker at some point. So, yes. You know, slowly but surely, we're turning Eric into a reader. He's going to put down Moby Dick, and he's going to pick up Joker. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we were talking before this that I don't issue what is out, but I have not read it yet, Pete. I told you that. So, Which is funny because Eric was more excited for this book than I was. <laughs> I was. It's in my queue. It's sitting there. I have it. I just uh, – last few days, last couple of days have been um, busy for me. So I really need to just get a time where I take no a few – No excuses take, play a champion. Exactly. Like I take a half hour out of the day and I just read a couple of things, a couple of books and then move on. So – I might have been. I might have read some other titles too, but I'm not. I'm going to save that for a future time. Oh, okay. Guys. See, he's working. <laughs> it's working, guys. We're getting Eric to read comics, so I'll save that for a future time. All right. What's so, yeah, uh, the winner? I read it already. Yeah. Big Jimbo. Do you want 316? to tell him what he's won? Do you want to tell him what he's tell him what he's it's won? It's on Twitter. He's won. He's won. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, oh, I forgot the hell the name of it. It's a three part Joker story, a Black Label story. Okay. Um, I forgot what it was called. Hold on, let me pull it up on Twitter. Uh, and some swag, I'm sure. There's some swag. He'll get it. some buttons. He'll get some stickers. A lot of good stuff. But he won that. I can't remember. Oh, it's it's dug deep. But you want a, you want a three part story? Uh, it, it was just uh, released recently. I forgot what it was, but uh, I, I enjoyed it. So it's a good book, and uh, you'll get you'll get some cool variant covers, and uh, you know. Yeah, speaking of stuff. swag, Thanks, guys. Jim. We have a T Public page out there now. Uh, we're probably going to talk about this at the end of the show too. But I'll, uh, since we were talking about swag, I just figured I'd put it out there that we have stuff up on T Public yeah. for Straight Outta Gotham. So if you guys want shirts, mugs, even all uh, masks, they have masks. <laughs> you know, yeah, hoodies, stuff like that, all good stuff. You can get notebooks. You can even get pillows. Yep. So if you guys, oh, look- here it is Joker Killer Smile. It's a three part story. That's what the name of the book is. So all right. So it's so- a heavy Joker week. Big Jim was his name. <laughs> Big Jimbo three sixteen. Big Jimbo is our February winner. Big Jimbo, thank you for following us. I hope you continue to do so. Yeah. And if you have any, you know, if you have any comments, or anyone has any comments or you know ideas that you want to throw our way about the show, hit us up. Yeah, you know, just hit us up on Twitter, or on Instagram, or Facebook. Uh, let us know, and uh, this way we can mail you out your prize. You can email us at straightogpodcast at gmail.com, and uh, you have 30 days from March 7th to claim because we announced it on March 7th on the internet. So, yes. It's only been a week, so you got some time, more than enough time. Yes. So, really quickly, I want to send a thank you to uh, the Vigilante1939 for hosting that the Zack Snyder's Justice League tailgate that we both were on. Um, it was a fun time. <clears throat> a fun time. Uh, it's something that it's a fun. It's kind of a fun time right now for us with that coming up as well. Uh, we all have different opinions on it, and uh, it's fun to get to talk to people who are more excited for it than we are, and just to see how that, that um, how everyone else feels. So it was really fun. We again, it was on last night on YouTube. If you guys want to check that out, go to their YouTube page and you can watch the a good replay time. of it. It was a good time, good conversation. And uh, yeah, it's coming up, Pete. It's what five days away now. We're getting. I'm excited. We're finally going to see uh, what all the hype is about. I can't wait to compare the two movies. Um, I'm excited. You know, it's it's an interesting thing. I, I can't ever think of anything that's ever happened like this before. This is different than even Donner and Lester. It's yeah. different than all the cuts of Blade Runner. You know, it's different than all those director's cuts of all those other movies. So. Uh, it's an interesting scenario. Hopefully nothing like this ever happens again because <laughs> I just don't want to deal with it. But, um, you know, uh, I'm excited to see it. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what the sequel to BVS is like. Justice League felt like almost like a – Justice League 2017 kind of felt like a standalone movie yep. from like the early 2000s, right? Yep. 
No, you're right. I mean, that movie obviously was a <clears throat> very loosely connected to the first two films, Man of Steel and DVS. So the fact that we um, we are getting it, that's the only thing that I'm I'm looking forward to. Okay, like you said, how much is it a sequel <clears throat> on what we were going to get? So, yep. So again, that's coming up, I think, Thursday, March 18th. So I will actually might probably be able to talk to you about it pretty early that day because I'm off from work. So Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know our plan is to have a – I don't know if we're going to do Iceberg Lounge or SOG tonight. I think it's Iceberg Lounge yeah. because we're going to get all together and probably get a little tipsy. But um, we're going to have a show on the 19th that Friday, and uh, we'll have a big roundtable discussion about the movie. I'm sure Zeddy's going to love it. I think Nico will love it. And, uh, you know, all those guys, Daddy Bats is going to – I'm sure th that group of guys is going to love it. And uh, me and Eric will – we don't know yet. <laughs> we I, yeah, I honestly, I really, honestly, I can't yeah, tell you if I'm going to like it or not. But um, right. I mean, obviously, we haven't been as um, I don't want to say supportive. What's the right turn? We haven't been waving the pom poms for it. I guess is the way. I just know, moved like, on. You know, right, like I like moved on from of, that iteration. Yeah, we're kind of in this that a different space already mm -hmm. from that. I'm all so, I'm um, like I see the Batman, and that's my focus right now. My focus is the Batman. Well, bring, and while Batman's in this, you know, like I'll take another Batman movie, but uh, you know, like I'm not like dying for it. I was. It's I funny was you bring that up because today they wrapped shooting on the Batman. I don't know if they wrapped shooting or if he was just packing stuff up. I can't tell. I mean, it doesn't matter either way, but I'm excited. I remember I did a show earlier this afternoon with the, with the editor in chief of Batman on film, Bill Jett Ramey. And we talked about it. And uh, in that photo that Matt Reeves shared, you could see a Riddler card. It looks like an, env an envelope yep. for evidence yep. and the slate, uh, the clapper. So, you know, just, it's just, bring it on like you know i honestly give me in like three months give me another trailer but i, I just want like still photos to keep me you know thirsty you know I'll yeah, watch like when you see right so now we know if obviously if it did completely wrap we now know that all the footage is there so we mm -hmm. should start to see more um hopefully start to see more things come out the about thing it. i actually want the most there's two things i really want and i mentioned this with bill earlier is john Turturro's falcone i'd love to see an image of him yeah and while we've heard Andy Serkis as Alfred, we've never seen Andy Serkis as Alfred. So I, I'm hoping he has a mustache, you know, as the proper English gentleman that he usually is. Uh, I, and that's what I'm dying for. And uh, those are the two things I kind of want the most. But I mean, I just I don't want it to be like BVS where they gave us trailers and in an enormous amount of trailers. I felt like there were certain things in BVS that should have been saved for the movie Doomsday being the big one. Well, we're kind of in a different space now with trailers even. Like, I feel like we don't get them until really close to the movie. Yeah, which, with this whole day right? and date thing that AT&T yeah. has uh, done with HBO Max, uh, the first trailer we got for Kong vs. Godzilla, you know, was about a, about, about a month out. Was it January? Late January? Whenever the last Snyder Cut trailer dropped, I thought they dropped it around yeah, that time. Right. So it was around a couple time. days yeah. of each other. So, And that's coming out too, right? That's coming That comes out. out the week after. Yeah. So and another coming. topic we'll talk about, Falcon and Winter Soldier drops on the 19th, yep. which we may not get – we probably won't be able to watch because we'll be doing our show. <laughs> Sadly <laughs> enough, we didn't plan this out properly, but we'll get we'll no. get to you, Bucky and Sam. Yeah. I mean they released I – mean, we're going to talk about it. So we, I guess we'll just swing into that then since the – since that's where we're at right yeah, now. Yeah, let's go. But um yeah, that that uh we got a little clip earlier in the week or it might have been even yesterday where I think th there was a scene between Bucky and and um, yeah. Sam, right? And they're in like mm -hmm. an airplane hangar or whatever and they have a, yeah. it's like a kind I of a comedic it. scene. I did too. I thought it was very well done. 
it's kind of setting the tone. This, like we've talked about this before. It seems like a buddy cop show type of deal. What did you call the big three androids, aliens, and what was it wizards or something like that? What was that what was, yes. that what it was called? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I thought it was funny. And I, I'm look, I'm one who attacks the MCU for their bad humor. I thought that yes. was I thought that was actually just genuine. You know, it's kind of like Bucky is kind of almost embraced that, you know, I understood that reference, Captain America type role where mm-hmm. it's like it's like, you know, how do you know about Gandalf? And then Bucky's like, well, I remember the first Gandalf book from like 1857. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, just he, Bucky's that old man who's been going back and probably watching Netflix and reading his Kindle. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought it was cool and I thought it was a cute little moment. So I know some people didn't think it was funny, but I was like, I was like, this is uh, this is the stuff. This is the type of humor that I think is good. You know, like I don't like Boner or America's ass or stuff like that. <laughs> You know, or just bad bobblehead banner. Um, that stuff's not cool to me. But this, the way you do humor like this, I thought this was well written. Yeah, that that one clip, like I said, it kind of if that's what they're giving us to tell us what the the show's going to be about, then that's actually a very very. It was very very funny for me. Like I thought it was very good. Yeah, it brought no, it definitely you. brought up memories of stuff like Lethal Weapon and movies I've seen. Mm-hmm. With we have these buddy cop movies before, so that one clip was is a really good insight into what we're going to get. So I I enjoyed it as well. But there was an article in Variety where they sat down with Kevin Feige asking him about Anthony Mackie, the actor, and what what's coming up for him in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pete, really quick highlights from the article from you. Uh, well, I thought it was really good. He said, Mackie is kind of an interesting guy. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of things that he, he's like, I can't talk about it, but he's like, Mackie's got a sense of humor and he's an interesting guy to be on set with. And he's kind of, he does some stuff. So I thought that was cool. But one of the things I really took out of it was just how Feige was talking about the whole diversity angle mm-hmm. of Sam Wilson being handed the shield and to carrying on, not necessarily being Captain America, but kind of, it, it's not, it seems like he, they're not going to go with Sam Wilson as Captain America, but he'll, you know, he's going to be the shield bearer, you know, right. He'll kind of just do things in honor of Captain America. But he mentioned it because like, you know, he's not a king like T'Challa. He's not like the son of a God like Thor. Right. He's the every man. And he takes that responsibility very seriously. And to see, you know, an African-American just have this sort of stature within the MCU, it, it, it's an important thing. And I, I agree with him. I, that's what I love about Sam Wilson at whole, and at least the Captain American sector of the MCU. It just seems to be, you know, guy, guys just doing the right thing, just trying the hardest, doing the best they can. And that, I mean, that's what you love about Captain America. And, you know, and that's why him and uh, Sam get along so well, because they're kind of cut from the same cloth, you know? They're right. just guys who are just trying to be the, you know, do the right thing to help out the people around them. And that's why I love Falcon. You know, he's, right. he's always they're been both- one of my favorite characters in the, in Marvel in general. Yeah, I mean, they're both soldiers. They both deal with PTSD. Mm-hmm. Like, they both they have very similar experiences, except that Captain America was be, became a super soldier and <laughs> and Sarah did not. So that's the one difference that they had between their relationship. But I thought it was really there was a part of the the interview where they Feige talks about um, shooting a scene in Endgame. The the scene in Endgame where Sam mm-hmm. goes to to Steve where he sees Steve sitting on the yeah. bench and how they kind of changed him and Sebastian Sam both kind of changed that um, and they the way it turned out they were supposed to both walk all the way together but it just turned out that Sam wound up being the one that co- obviously goes all the way to the one we saw mm-hmm. the shot that we got in the film 
So um, <clears throat> I thought that was cool too, how they kind of, that choice was kind of shown there and that's how the, the direction they went at that point um, and how, you know, they're very, they're very obviously as actors, they're very involved in what the story that's being told and that they care about it to the point they know how delicate the information is. So you're right. Most of the article talks about their, um, the diversity mm-hmm. angle, which as we've seen, as we know, you know, we're getting, um, she Hulk, right. And then you have Ms. Marvel, who's a Muslim and mm-hmm. we have all these different characters coming and how they're really focused, how Disney and, um, Marvel's really focused on going in that direction. And, uh, <clears throat> they talk more about what we're going to learn about Sam, right? Yeah, I'm just um, I'm excited to see Sam progress. And like I said, like, you know, just him honoring what Captain America meant and how he can go forward and kind of represent what that you know, it's weird because Captain America doesn't necessarily like it's not the logo. It's the shield, you know, like if it was like someone like Superman or Batman, it's the, it's that logo that they would represent but for Captain America. It's physically the shield and Sam carrying that means a whole lot. Right. And it sounds like we're going to get insight into his backstory. Yeah. Um, development of, of how he got to be to the point where he's at. I mean, we got a little bit of it in Winter Soldier, um, but not much. And it makes so, it seem like the series, like you said, will delve more into that because we know a lot about Bucky. Right. Bucky was in Captain America First Avenger. He was, you know, he was in uh, Winter Soldier, right? Like right. the movie's named after yep. him. <laughs> um, he's a big part of Civil War. Like Bucky's yep. been there through the whole thing. And so... We know a lot about Bucky and we don't know too much about Sam other than present day. So to learn Sam's backstory and to what made him, what makes him the worthy successor, like that is, that's important. Yeah. So this, this, um, <clears throat> this does seem to be more, it's, it's called Falcon and Winter Soldier, but it seems like they're going to be focusing more, at least in the early part, they might just be focusing more on, on the Sam Wilson character. So and like we said, they should because we don't know much about his past. So well, because Bucky's still like he's got to earn his respect back, right? Like I feel like not everyone in that universe hundred percent totally trusts Bucky, right? It's, Sam doesn't even really totally trust Bucky. Right. So yeah. I feel like Sam sh- is definitely the way to go and lead. And I love Mac Mackie. I think he's very charismatic. I lo- every time he's on screen, even like you know on your left, like how great are those scenes <laughs> when you when he's first introduced in those movies, like. Mm-hmm. Mackie's arguably just uh, he's probably. I mean, I, I like I said earlier, I favor the Captain America stuff in the MCU. So Mackie might be like my second favorite character out of in the MCU. Just his oh. Sam Wilson. Yeah, he, I mean, he's extremely charismatic, and he's he's great in Ant Man when he appears yep. in Ant Man. Like that's one of my favorite scenes. You know, I was just about to bring that up. He was excellent in Ant Man with that little yeah. um, bit of work he had to do, and he's been um, and he's kind of like he's kind of like the most positive one of the team. Like he's always the one that kind of is like, all right, you know, we have to move on. All right. We have yeah, to do, you could see the influence of cap in him. hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm, I love this casting when it obviously first happened back. I've been a big fan of Anthony Mackie's for a long time. Yeah. Um, so I love the casting. Then I'm so happy that we're getting this, this show, which again, starts this week. <laughs> it's going on Friday. So, Guys, I'm sure everyone who listens to us is going to check it out anyway, but make sure obviously you check out Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, I think this thing's going to be huge. And I mean, check just- out this check out this if you want to read more about the article, it's in Variety and check it out. It's a very well done article. We'll share very it nice on the Facebook page and stuff. Yeah. It's a very nice piece on um Anthony Mackie as an actor um and what might happen with him going forward. As Pete said, he has the shield, but we're not sure if he's going to be Captain America. So 
There's even been rumblings that um, Steve might still be around. I've heard that as well. So I don't know what's going to happen. But then, but again, we have another Marvel show coming up. We just finished WandaVision. Now we're rolling into this one. So, well, it's not even it's not even Marvel shows. I mean, Disney Plus shows, right? I mean, two, two seasons of Mandalorian. Oh yeah, captivated fandom right into WandaVision. Didn't let go, and then into this. Like I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm expecting huge things. Like I, I think this is gonna uh, surpass WandaVision. I think this is gonna be a real because it just feels That's- more grounded. Well, that's you a know, lot. I mean, that's a lot of praise because I, I, I really do. I <laughs> think it's going to be better than one division. Yeah, but no, I it very well could. I mean, let's be honest. It's another two characters that you know they're not one of their higher level characters, and Wanda and Vision obviously are probably more known to people than Falcon and Winter Soldier. So, you know, now we have. Um, this but like I said, it's a buddy cop story. It seems like it's going to be a little bit not as heavy as WandaVision was, so mm-hmm. that might appeal more to people. So yeah, so I'm like you, I'm right there. I'm looking forward to this. I really, really want to see um more about Sam. Like that's where I'm at now. Yeah, I'm definitely I really just want to learn more about wait. Sam. So I'm so pumped. Yep. Friday. Friday folks. It's coming out on Friday. So Thursday and Friday are busy days. Yes. In in this space, yes, they're gonna be mm-hmm. very busy days. It's gonna be one hell of a weekend. Yes. So sticking with Marvel, um, another character, one of their diverse characters and a character who's already had a trilogy done is Blade. So as we know, they were rebooting it and Mahershala Ali will be playing Blade. And there was always a big question about what they were going to do as far as movie rating. And it came out that Blade would not be rated R. This version of the character will not. Um, It kind of sticks with what Marvel does. They obviously want to you know, have a broad appeal to all of the, with all of their characters. I'm happy they're not doing it with Deadpool. So <laughs> we, you know, cause I don't think you could do Deadpool not being rated R, but um, I was a little surprised by this. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think, well, I understand why they're doing it. I think a lot, anytime you have vampire stuff and it's, it's some grounded in some kind of that world, you kind of take away your flexibility if it's not rated R. Now I totally trust them to tell a good story, but I don't know. I, I was kind of hoping they would have kept it rated R. How, what did you think? Uh, to me, this is a real non-issue. Um, I think you can make a pretty dark and kind of scary movie at PG thirteen. You know, the Dark Knight is not a is not a kids movie that's rated PG thirteen. That can get pretty intense. Good point. Um, I know the Wesley Snipes movies are. I believe the first two at least were rated R. Hmm. Um, and you know, I love those first two movies. I think they're great, but I, you know, it, it all depends on how you depict the violence. Um, you know, uh, we probably won't see as much blood <laughs> as we did in the other ones. There was a whole like bloodbath, uh, uh nightclub oh, yeah. scene in blade two. So, oh yes, it might be, it, it, they might not do things like that. And that's fine. Cause I'm down for a different interpretation of the character, but Ali stated that they were going to go pretty dark with it. Um, I don't know, you know, how much pull he has because I believe it was like Scott Derrickson, when he was doing, when he was still in charge of Doctor Strange three, said he was going to make an R rated movie, and Kevin Feige immediately put that fire out. Um, so you know, they they clearly want their audience to see it. They, I don't know if this is necessary. I think this might be the first movie where parents are going to have to judge MCU wise if they want their kids to see it. I mean, Blade is a vampire hunter. He kills right. vampires. That's what vampire hunters do. Yep. Um, we'll see how they uh, how they go about this. Um, I'm curious. Blade is notorious for his sword. At least Wesley had his sword. Um, I'm not. I'm not too familiar with Blade in the comics as I am as much from 
the Snipes movies and uh, the appearance he had in the animated 90s Spider-Man. But uh, we'll see what happens. I don't think they'll be as gory, but I, I expect, you know, the MCU has good fight scenes and stuff like that. You know, we'll just see it. The, the violence will just probably be toned down. I think when it comes to the MPAA, as long it depends, it's like blunt force trauma to the head. It's like a big no-no for PG-13 movies. So it depends on how you cut the scene. So I, I think they know what they're doing at the, over there at the MCU. Right. The, the reason I was I brought up before that I wanted I would have preferred it stayed rated R is because, it, like I said, it's a vampire. There's not going to be vampires in this film. We yeah. know that. So and they're not going to be happy, nice ones. So <laughs> so I just think if you have if you have the R rating, it can still lends you a little bit more to push mm-hmm. the envelope a little bit and do a little bit more with that. Do you remember the TV show that was out a couple of years ago on Spike TV? Yeah. The Blade. Show. Did you ever watch that? I watched a few episodes. It wasn't bad. It, it no. wasn't, you know, I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I remember uh, who was the guy who played, uh, he was a rapper. I can't remember what his name is. Really? I'm going to look it up now. Go ahead. Keep talking. Um, but it was pretty good. I remember it, I, it. I can't remember if it was like loosely followed the, uh, the continuity of the movies, but I, I dug it for a while. I remember it was on Spike TV. Ah, Sticky Fingers from Onyx. That's it. It was Sticky Fingers. Played. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Goyer was a part of it. So I think it is a very. I think it's somewhat of an adaptation. Oh, it does. It is. It's, it takes place after Blade Trinity. So it's a continuation of the movies. Okay. Um, which is good. I did not like Blade Trinity. So like, I remember when this came out, it looked more along the lines of what right. was uh, what should have been. Um, but you know, I, the whole PG thirteen thing is not a problem for me. Like I said, we've seen really edgy pg-13 movies yeah i mean it's not a problem it's not like i'm it's not rated r so i'm not going to see it i mean obviously well, no, like, remember, there was, remember jack snyder's justice league being rated r created a, a big stir amongst the uh the parental community so amongst but then again things. like i don't know how many parents are taking their kids to see blade films you know i think at some point right. parents have to be parents and just because the Marvel logo's on there, you're going to have to, you know, judge it for yourself. Yeah, you know, you you should know your children. You should know what your children can handle. Yeah. Um, uh, I I'm pretty sure a friend of ours who hates blood and gore, Garrett Grev, as everyone knows. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's he's happy it's not rated R. <laughs> I don't know if he's I don't know if he would take his kids to see this. It's just no, he would know. he would never take his kids to see it. But I'm just saying, him himself, Garrett himself, is very he's not a fan of blood. So interesting. <laughs> All right. So I'm pretty sure he would. Uh, he's not crying that this was um, a PG-13. So moving right along. So every year for wow, I forget when did well when did Comic Con start? <laughs> Before I was born. Yeah. So for a long time, I don't know the exact date. I mean, obviously. you're you're up there in age, so you might have. Yeah, been I'm a little older one. than you. Yes. So, but I don't remember when it started. So. So San, obviously the big one is San Diego. Pete and I have been to the New York one together a couple years. Uh, so I'm hoping, at least I'm hoping. I was nice to have a year off in a way of not going, but it, I, I'm with you. I kind of, I right? you know, I kind of didn't mind the digital cons this year. It was kind of fun to do it from home, right? But I can not love hoping, all that equipment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am kind of hoping this year we get to go back to the New York one, which is always in October, but we'll see. But the San Diego Comic Con is still going to be virtual. Um, they're looking at doing an in-person uh, event sometime in November, mm-hmm. but they released a quote that says, we have made the challenging decision to postpone Comic-Con 2021 as an in-person gathering until our 2022 dates, and once again hold this year's celebration as the free online Comic-Con at home. 
They said they'll return next year from July 20th to 24th at the San Diego Convention Center. Uh, so, Pete, are you surprised at this? Are you just No, you I think expected? this is the way to go. I think, you, you know, I, 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 what is it? Like uh, the president said that he expects all adults within the country to be fully vaccinated by the end of May. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then you get the kids. I think you just let that vaccine run its course. And, you know, I, I have no problem with this. Because I, I actually enjoyed the stay at home Comic Con, uh, like I said earlier, it, it was a, it was a nice change of pace. Like you know, it, it bummed me out. I couldn't get some signatures and stuff this October. Like, I usually get something signed by Neil Adams every year. Everyone mm-hmm. knows I love to do that. He's my favorite of all time, and right. it's always a pleasure to get you know Neil to sign something of mine. Uh, but you know, it, it was uh, it was fun just sitting at home and watching all the videos and kind of watching it at at your leisure. You know, you don't have to wake up and. You know, for me, it's, you know, you wake up, you get on the train, you get on the train, you walk a couple blocks, you get there and, and, you know, then it's a whole day and then you come home, you crash. So like, you know, I was able to watch it. I could do some write-ups for Batman on film and stuff. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but I think this is the right way to go because I'm sure a lot of people for that first year, I I don't expect things to really get get back to normal till 2022, to be honest with you. I think a lot of people are going to be really hesitant that first year. Uh, at post vaccine to just get out and do things, you know, SD, you know, SDCC and NYCC are cr- really crowded events. You've been there, yeah. You know, you're getting sweaty. You're sweating on people. I imagine people are not going to be comfortable in that environment for the first, at least for the first year. Um, I've never so, been to San Diego. I know you haven't either, so it'd be no, cool. No, but I've heard the stories. I've seen the pictures. Yeah. I've seen the videos. I, I have a hard enough. <laughs> it's a hard enough time walking around the Javits Center. I cannot imagine <laughs> what it's like in San Diego. Um, I and know. the first one was in 1970, by the way. Okay. Yeah, it's even older than me. Uh, well, that's, that's a first. <laughs> yes, on this show, I think that is a first. So yes, but yeah, like, um, I don't know. I think they made the right move here. I just think it makes sense. I'm sure. I'm sure, and especially not just for the fans, but for the creatives involved. You know, like I'm sure Artist Alley is going to have a little bit of a different look the next time we're there. You know, I'm sure there'll be a partitioner, or a barrier, or something like that. You know, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I'm agree glad I don't have to make those decisions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I agree with you. I think um, because it's so it's still unknown, like you said, with the vaccine, and um, we still don't know the effectiveness of it. Next year, we'll have a little bit more insight as to if we need another one. Do you need a booster shot? Things like that that are going to come out obviously um, within as people get it and as we see how strong it is and how well it holds, how long it holds up. Um, so it's a very smart decision for them because July would be too quick. The November date is kind of interesting um, because they they that November date the no, the November thing is put in here, but they also talk about it definitely being next year in in um, July. So I'm kind of wondering what they're planning on doing in November if it's going to be an in person event. Will it be small? I believe it was digital. I thought it was a, I thought it was another online event, just another like treat. Like we know you couldn't be there, so we're going to give you a little bonus feature. You know, that's kind of what I thought it was, unless I misread the article. I thought it said an in-person event. Did I read it wrong? Yeah, the dates for the proposed in-person November okay. event are to be determined. So, all right, I'm kind of wondering what that's going to be. Um, maybe they're waiting until New York Comic Con to see if this is a good idea to do. That's a good point. Yeah, um, we haven't. Yeah, that we haven't heard about yet. So. We don't know. But if everyone's vaccinated by then, they might do it even at a maybe at a smaller scale. We'll see. Hopefully. Hopefully the press pass still works, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the important thing. If you if you guys wanna that dev, that definitely helps out with the funds when when we get to go as, yeah. as press. Uh 
It gives us more money to spend on things that we see there. <laughs> I can get two Neil Adams signatures now. <laughs> yeah, so it gives a little bit more, a little bit more spending cash. Um, yeah, at the some event. back issues, some action figures, all that good stuff. Yes, Eric. Every time I pass an Iron Man statue, Eric tells me he's going to buy it for me. <laughs> and I tell no, him that one well, that they had last year. You could or two years ago now. Wow, you could have won. I remember it was a raffle. It was the one that was right. I should have entered and I could have sold it on eBay. <laughs> I mean, it was a beautiful looking statue, whether you like Iron Man or not. It was huge. I think I think it was close to like a five six hundred dollar statue. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a pretty big piece. Yeah, that's just like that's the kind of the stuff I miss seeing those things and. Yeah, no. Definitely. I remember the one of the display. Not to go off again, we're tangenting here, but not. Um, I remember one of the things they had when I walked in was this Japanese version of the like Star Wars figures, and they had Darth Vader in a samurai costume and. Oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah, like that was pretty cool to see, um, but again, you only get to see those things at cons, so that's why I'm kind of, kind of hoping that. Um, the New York one is open again this year, even if it's downsized, um, that they have people back and it's not. It digital. probably would be like the best case scenario considering how crowded it gets on, th- what is it, Friday? Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday are big days. You know, yep. Thursday Thursday's my favorite day. Sunday's not a bad day. But Friday and Saturday, it's like, man, why am I here? Yep. You <laughs> literally so are – yeah. For, for uh, <laughs> With the pandemic, because you are literally like – Stuffed in, just stuffed in. People, would, yeah, it's really, 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 really. Uh, the late great John Schnepp, like you, if you don't know what the term sweaty means, you've never been to a con like that, you know. Yep, <laughs> go to New York Comic Con on Friday and Saturday. You'll yeah, learn everyone's very fast. a sweaty, so so yeah, so at least we might be getting something from San Diego in November, but we obviously will still be getting a virtual con. And uh, well, let's wait and see. You know, Pete and I, when we, if we learn anything new about what's going to be at this virtual con in San Diego. Hopefully something, I, you know, I hope the next trailer for the Batman's there. I kind of right. wouldn't mind that. Right. I'm, I we'll remember Bill saying it might be closer to next year. We might get one for next year's Super Bowl, which will be the first one since begins because of just their like, I think it's like four or five weeks out. From yeah, Super wouldn't that Sunday. be? That would probably be the final trailer. Uh, sure. I, 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 you know, I, I, I don't want too many trailers. You know me. <laughs> Less is more when it comes to this stuff. I don't want, like I said earlier, I don't want to rehash a BVS. No, I agree. I don't want that. But I, I, I'm hoping we get another teaser, at least a little thing, to hold us over until the final trailer that we get. Um, which, like you said, will probably be about six weeks out. The movie. It's just weird saying that now because it's it's close. Like it's officially a year now, right? Like we're yeah. So it's coming. It's just, the Batman is coming. Yeah, officially now. It really is. You know, you can see the end zone. It's coming. I'm pumped. So yeah, me too. Me too. I still watch that damn trailer. A it few looks times that a week. good. It's so good. <laughs> it's uh, it's so good. All right. So switching gears a little bit, but staying. Um, Staying in in the Disney area, Obi Wan Kenobi. As we all know, there's an Obi a standalone Obi Wan Kenobi series coming out. We know that obviously Ewan McGregor will be returning to play Obi Wan, and we know that Hayden Christensen will be returning. Everyone's to play favorite, Darth, yeah, Darth Vader. Well, they added another cast member, and people who have watched Game of Thrones, people who wa- used to watch the show Rome on HBO, mm-hmm. Indira Varma, she is going to be. She was cast. In an unnamed role. We don't know who she's going to be yet, but um, she's a very, like I said, she's been on Rome. She was in Game of Thrones. I got to rewatch Rome. I don't remember what she played, what her role was. I remember watching that show back in the she day. She played 
the wife of Kevin McKidd's character, who I okay. can't remember his name, but yes, she played his wife. And then, well, I'm not going to tell you. If you don't remember, I'm not going to tell you, but she was in that. Don't tell me because it's probably, it's probably my next binge watch. Okay. It's a very, it's an excellent, mm. um, excellent show. Yes, it is. So, yeah, but she was on the show called Carnival Row, which I've never seen. Um, and then most recently, she was on ABC's For Life. I haven't seen that either. Um, so they're filling out the cast now, which is cool, uh, at least for fans of Star Wars. Me. <laughs> More than yeah, Pete, this is, obviously. This is, me. this is Eric's segment. We're finally talking some Star Wars on the show, yeah. kids. Yeah, not a, not something that I just threw in on Star Wars. This is actually something we planned. Yeah. And so, so like, you're the big Star Wars guru mm-hmm. around these parts. Like, what do you think? Do you have any idea who she could be in Star Wars lore? I'm not sure because I don't know where they're pu- if they're pulling anything from. This is supposed to take place universe. between Sith and New Hope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a I know it's a mini series. I'm not sure if it's four or six episodes. I think it's six. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know I, honestly because she's. Um, I don't know where they're pulling information from, so I really can't even take a guess. She might be the one of the, she might be the his love interest who was um on Mandalore. I can't remember her name. Um. What I found interesting in this article is they mentioned that Christensen was playing Darth Vader. Does that mean he's going to voice Darth Vader? No, I'm hoping he's in costume. Yeah, but like, isn't that kind of like... Uh, oh, <laughs> James Earl Jones? Yeah, isn't that kind of a dud role if Earl Jones is going to just... <laughs> James Earl Jones is going to do the voice? That's a good point. They might... It's very possible that he'll be playing him in some sort of flashback form. Okay. It's very possible because when I finally like caught that. up on Sith, I the, the part that was like, "Oh no, James Earl Jones is back, baby!" Like that really got me excited. Okay, that's her name. It's Satine from. She's actually Bo-Katan, who was in Mandalorian. You watched the Mandalorian, so you know. I have um, not actually. Oh, you haven't? I thought you did. No, but right. don't spo- go spoiler. Spo- no, there's just these are just names of characters. Bo-Katan is is part of is is lives on Mandalore. She's a Mandalorian as well, mm-hmm. and her mother is Satine. I think it's her mother. It might be her sister. Is Satine, and Satine was Obi Wan's love interest in the Clone Wars. Okay, so it's possible maybe they're casting her to play Satine. I don't know. That's the only one that comes to mind right away that I can think of. Um, but I'm excited because again, I've been waiting for this. A lot of Star Wars fans, whenever when they kept throwing around years ago, when they were throwing around, oh, which solo, which movies do you want? Which characters? Obi Wan was always at the top of the list. Yeah, and, and they and never, especially with McGregor. Yep, and they never went like it. Never got too far as a movie. So when this was obviously planned as a show, I'm really, really looking forward to this. So <clears throat> more casting, fine. Give me more people. Flesh out the story for me a little more. Get my mind running. Uh, because I am, like I said, the Mandalorian is so great and we're getting so much content from Star Wars that uh, I'm really, really looking forward to this. And and she's a very good actress. I've noticed, Obviously, she's been in things I've seen and I've mm-hmm. liked her in. So it can only add to the show wherever they're going with it. So Yeah, I got to catch up on Mandalorian. You really should, especially since you've seen all the films now. You should. I have. I've seen them all. I've seen yep. them all, and I don't know how Rick Shue defends Episode Two. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that with confidence now. Like, dude, I don't know. That thing was boring as all hell. So bad. So it's, bad. I don't think it was bad. I just thought it was boring. Just long and boring. It's bad. 
I'm, and I'm finally <laughs> happy that I got to hear him talk about the sand. I heard that sand line on. Yep, it's coarse just, and it gets everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I was yep. like, yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah I kind of get you, dude. Have you ever been to Belmar? <laughs> oh God, that whole him, that whole love story was so bad. I, man, I liked it. I did. I was like, I felt bad when she passed at the end of the third movie. Well, yes, you feel bad, but that in that film, in two, when they start the love story and the courtship, and it's just so bad. Like, it's I still, the most integral part of the move of the entire saga because she's the mother of Luke and Leia, and <laughs> it just—it's so bad. Oh God, I'm not gonna go there. I uh, still like the episode one the most of those three. Even more than Sith? Yes, I did. I thought it was oh, way wow. more fun. I, I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Not many people say that, so that's a yeah. that's a that's a hot take, Pete. Most people think will say Sith is by far and away the best of the, those three. Yeah, well, also like I also don't hate Last Jedi, and I liked Rise of Skywalker. So what the hell do I know? <laughs> so, yeah, like, I'm with you there too. I'm not where... a real Star Wars fan. <laughs> I am, and I do that, so I'm I'm kind of the outlier when it comes uh. to that. I like both of those movies. So, uh, but see, guys, we if we ever do a Star Wars show, this is the stuff. This is the way we're going to go with it. Well, they just got to if they release any damn news, we can talk about it. This is this is like the first thing we've only really mentioned it twice on the show, and one of the times was Nick with Nico. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I wasn't even here that day. No, you weren't. Where am I? Yeah, but Nico and I have been talking about for a while about doing a Star Wars segment. Um, so. We're going to look into that. He was trying to recruit people last night. That's a different story for a different time. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like he's leading the first order. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to do that. So, all right, let's move to our next topic. Um, since we've been talking about Justice League, um, we have we obviously have known for a while that um, Joe Manganiello – I can't say his name. Can you say his Manginello. name? Okay, Manganiello. Hot Joe, as Bill Ramey likes to call him. Hot Joe. <laughs> yes, he was – Obviously, he's playing Deathstroke. I remember when we first got the first shot of him mm-hmm. after um, when he did this. The, I guess it was the footage at the end of the movie that we're now going to see. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. So and we know kind of his story that he talked about how we've talked about this in the past, how he had there was many chances to do a standalone story with Death, Deathstroke. He had. Yeah. A lot and of there conversations. Was, there was an article um, in uh, it was in Hollywood Reporter, and yeah. uh, basically, like he tells us, like the scene he filmed with Snyder was, as we all know, supposed to lead into him being the main villain of the Batman, right? And then they reshot uh, a close-up of Jesse Eisenberg, so that it ended up, you know, teasing what could possibly be a Legion of Doom in Justice League versus Justice League sequel of Justice League 2017 was successful. It wasn't, so that was scrapped. Uh, he mentioned that he even came up with a treatment for a movie. He wrote it himself. Uh, he even recruited uh, Gareth Edwards, uh, director from The Raid, right. they had a two-hour conversation, and he con- he convinced him. And just one thing led to another, and it just you know several versions of Suicide Squad two. Um, right. From what yeah. you guys remember, like at one point Mel Gibson was attached, uh, Gavin O'Connor, the director of The Accountant, who's real good friends with Affleck, he was attached to the movie, and uh, he says they were waiting for one particular actor, which I assume is Will Smith. Because he's not in James Gunn's Suicide Squad, and uh, I believe that's what held up a lot of those talks and those movies, and he was involved in some of that, and he his character was in. But I found it really interesting that in the article he says, you know, he filmed his cameo in London with everyone, and we all know Affleck teased that, right? And yeah. then he found out six months later that the Batman was scrapped. Mm-hmm. 
I felt like we were as fans, we were led on for like years with this Affleck movie. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, that's an interesting little tidbit that was released because we, you know, Matt, you know, I, I could be an ape on the ground for Matt Reeves, you know, yep. Ben Affleck is still my Batman, you know, like that's the plan. Like Reeves and Affleck were very coy about that for a long, long time. And, um, you know, it, it's been, it's been reported numerous times that, you know, WB wanted Affleck back and blah, blah, blah. And there's, Ben just wants to segue out, which we'll see in Flashpoint, apparently. Right. But, I thought the know. interesting – one of the interesting parts of the article is they bring in that he wanted to do this story about obviously um, this villain, Deathstroke, and that while he's still tr- he was still trying to do this, we get the jo- we get Joker, right? Like, <laughs> like he's trying to push a story to do what Joker eventually did. My take on this is Joker is a standalone movie, not connected to anything. Manganiello's Deathstroke is connected to Snyder's universe, and I just think Warner Brothers was trying to cut ties and move forward. That's fair. And I think that just he's another casualty of the Snyder verse. And, you know, it doesn't seem like Ray Fisher is going to get a movie. Um, but, you know, like Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman was already in the works that came out before Justice League. Aquaman was being filmed. Like that was already in the can. So, like, you know, and now Ezra's going to continue on with his Flash thing. So I feel like there's and you know Affleck bowed out. Cavill's not getting another standalone movie. You know they're moving forward with uh, the J.J. Abrams coach Batman. Uh, Super correct. Yep. So it feels like there's certain characters that are attached to Snyder who, if they didn't have something in the works, just they just cut their losses. In my, in my kind of sucks because he looks good and like he looks he looks like him. Like yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and here's the thing: it's cheap. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like the Joker in the Dark Knight. They're cheap, you know, talking about, uh, you know, uh, gunpowder and dynamite. Yeah. Um, You know, it's it's a straight up action flick. It's a lot of hand to hand combat, not a lot of CGI. You know, Deathstroke's not going to take down some crazy alien villain. He's an assassin. Yep. You know, he's a gun for hire. Um, I mentioned this. I forget. on Maybe it was on the Vigilante show last night. But how cool would it be to get Manganiello and Will Smith together for in a bad guy buddy cop movie, you know, like just two badasses just going around killing people. What, what if they've got it, you know, how cool would it be to have Deathstroke and Deadshot have the same target? Someone's got to kill him first to get the payday. That like something cool. like that. That would be kind of a yeah. cool movie. And Will Smith is a huge action star. We all love Will Smith. We all loved yep. him in Suicide Squad. Yep. As crazy as that movie is, I know you're not a big fan of that movie, but Will Smith is, I thought you said you soured on it. No, no, no. no I, that, okay. I was one of the people who liked it and still mm-hmm. – I don't like the last third of it. Right. But the, but the first two thirds no I complaints love. Will. Will's great. He's no, a, Will's he, great. Yeah. Will like – it's Will Robbie, and, Will, Robbie, Davis, and uh, Courtney are the standouts of that movie. So, you know, like I I would love to see a Deathstroke dead shot. You know, I don't – what do you call it? Dead and deader? I don't care. Whatever you call it. <laughs> <laughs> like dead and death. <laughs> whatever. Come up with some stupid catchy, catchy name. Make it a six-part HBO Max series. That's cool. Like, I, I wouldn't mind that. But, you know, it, it does stink because, you know, he looks the part. And, uh, you know, we haven't – we've never really gotten a bad Deathstroke, in my opinion. The one on oh. – you know, one on Green Arrow or Arrow was good. Yep. The guy in, in Titans was good, even though that storyline was a little <laughs> muddled. Yeah. And Manganiello, like, they, they all did a really good job in their roles. So, like, I'm just – it's a bummer, but like, you know, he said, we, we covered this not too long ago. He's yeah, like, did. hey, that's the business. You know, th- that's Hollywood. You know, things come and go and you just got to take it and move on to the next thing. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully if he's still passionate about it, maybe they will, you know, they'll come to some d- agreement to say, hey, you know what? 
maybe we'll do this. Maybe we'll. I mean, like I said, like I said before we started recording, you we already have characters born from this universe that are going to exist past if when Zach's done, right? We already have Aquaman and Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. so we already have those. So obviously he's gonna he's in Justice League. So we'll see it on when we see the Snyder cut. We'll see his little his part, and then you know we'll see. Maybe they'll. Maybe because he's been so passionate about it, maybe they'll come back and he, he can get his movie made. Yeah, you know? I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Or get him in something, some kind of, you know, maybe throw, maybe Matt Reeves say, hey, you know what? Let's bring him in. <laughs> Let's bring him into the I don't the know office. if that fits the whole Matt Reeves thing. Why? Like you said, he's not a CG, CGI guy. He's just. Uh, well, he's kind combat. of like a super soldier, you know, Slade Wilson, you know, let his body to. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's kind of an exp- I don't know if I don't know. I'm, just, I'm not saying like it's impossible. I just just from looking at the trail of the Batman and hearing what G- this GCPD show is, it just doesn't seem like it's his jam. You know, I don't I don't know how supernatural he wants to go with this. Right, know? yeah, that's true. We'd have to And, you know, the... enhanced super soldier formula is a bit out there. Yep. But then again, we're talking about a guy who did really two successful movies on Talking Monkeys. So like it, it's not crazy, but right. I, and, I just and, from what I've seen it just it doesn't seem like it, it would be And super. that wouldn't be too fantastical, right? Like what? Talking the, Monkeys? No. <laughs> no, a super soldier like that's not super fantastical where you, you have like oh no it's definitely lower and, on the right. on the on the hierarchy of right. super insane comic book totem things you know right so that's what I'm saying it's it, it's something that yeah it'd be a little bit of a stretch maybe to put in some kind of grounded realistic world but that I think Deathstroke's a big enough character to carry his own like I don't think he needs to come off of a of a, and be a villain of a Batman movie no you're right. You're right. I think it would be I cool just recently see. watched that Deathstroke, like Knights and Dragons, or whatever is that animated. Yeah, movie that was pretty good. And that's a really good just family story, and it it's it it hits heavy, and you could do something like that, definitely, with some sort of terrorist organization, and he's a one man army, just goes out and he just kills them all. Like I'd be down for that. Yes, I think yeah, I'd be down for it too. If, like I said, whenever someone has passion for a project, and it seems like he does. Usually it's comes out pretty well. Yeah. So I, I'm look. I would definitely um, be down for that. But it was interesting to read again because, like I said, we had had heard a lot about these stories before. But it was interesting to read again, and it was a little bit more in depth this time. Like there was a little, he gave a little bit more to the story of what how everything broke down. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, guys, if you want to read that, it's a THR article. So check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty good read, especially if you're a fan of Deathstroke. It's a pretty good read. So we got a fan film, Pete, that you turned me on to. Um, yeah. A Batman one. Which yes, you did. It was uh, – you put it – when you said the rundown, you're like, Eric, watch this, and I did. And I have to say, I enjoyed it. It's it's cool to see fan movies like, and this is up in the higher end of fan movies. Like, right. There's a lot of CGI, and it, it looks cool. Like, it – it almost felt very Snydery to me because, mm-hmm. like, you could tell like there were actors in front of green screens, at, like, right? You yes. Know, like, oh, yes. And the backdrops and everything, and uh, some notable actors. You had uh, Doug Jones, we all know and love, uh, great character actor, uh, uh, the skinny clown in Batman Returns, yep, and Mr. Michael Madsen. That's a pretty big name for a fan film, so I was yeah. really impressed. And also, the Batsuit was developed and uh, created by uh, the great Sean Reeves of Reeves Effects. Yep. So 
you know, like, that's cool. Reeves follows the show. So shout out to you. It's bat suit. Look great. Sean, well done. It looks yes. absolutely beautiful. Very well done. And I got to say, I was a big fan of Kevin Porter's Batman. Yeah, it was cool. The The logo is different. The, mm-hmm. You know, like I'm everything. sure that's a trademark thing. I, I don't think right. they can actually use the regular Batman. But I thought it was really creative. I thought what whoever created, I don't think Sean created the logo. I'm looking at the credits right now, but I liked it. What did you What did you think of the fan film overall? Um, it's or got what, some rough. What's the name of it? We got to say it is. Name. Yes. Dying is easy. That is the name of Batman. Directed Dying by is Aaron easy. and Sean. Shanky. Sean. Shanky. Sean. Shanky. Yeah. I'm sorry. I butchered <laughs> sorry your if, name, yes. But sorry I enjoyed your fan film. So I hope that makes up for it. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen like there's been other fan films Batman done before. Batman um, Dead End is one of the more popular ones. Yep. And these and, and the Shinokis, uh, Aaron. <laughs> He does uh, uh, superpower beatdown. So he pictures, I mean, I've watched his Wolverine versus uh, Wonder Woman and stuff like that. Good stuff. Really good, high quality stuff. Right. So, yeah. So, um, like I said, you you sent it and I'm like, all right, let me check it out. And I'm always kind of weird on fan films. Like if it's if it's longer than 10 minutes, I'm kind of like, all right, to help, you know, do I really want to watch this? Mm. And I have to say, outside of some rough, there's some rough parts to it. But outside of those, um. I enjoyed it. It was a good story. Uh, really good Batman Joker story. Just Joker really yeah. taunting Batman a lot, and it was really it was really creative. Yeah, and then at the end he he flips it on him, right? Like yeah, Batman flips the, the everything on him, and he was one step ahead of him. Um, which is a classic story. Like it's just a really really well done story, and the acting was pretty good. It was funny seeing Chris Daughtry, the singer. As Hugo yeah, Strange. Hugo Strange. <laughs> so, and also Casper Van Dien played Jim Gordon. Yeah. That was yeah. interesting. I was like, I was like, wow, okay. He, he looked great as Gordon, by the way. Yeah. yeah. That was those are the things about the film that I really I thought were well done. Like you said, the the costumes, everyone's costumes were well done. Um the makeup job on the Joker was pretty well done because I don't want to say what what's supposedly happening there but yeah we don't want to spoil it like, too much but I, I i thought it was i thought aaron schnoke if that's how you say it, aaron's a fantastic shanky yes <laughs> uh i thought he was great his eyebrow work is absolutely fantastic yes i don't know how like i haven't seen anyone do that stuff with their eyebrows since the rock in like the heyday of wwf you know like that was really impressive um Vera Bambi, I, I loved her as Poison Ivy. That's kind of like my yeah, very uh, Arkham game Poison Ivy. I thought you know, I thought Harley. that was cool. Harley was cool, played by uh, Amy Johnston. Mister um, Freeze by Mike Estes. I thought that was cool. Uh, it, uh, uh, Guy Grundy, I thought that was cool. Guy Grundy plays Zaz. And <laughs> yeah. I, I like that kind of version of Zaz. It it kind of felt in line with what we saw in Batwoman. It was kind of like that version of Zaz. Yep. I thought that was very creative. Um, one of the things I didn't particularly care for was the the look of Killer Croc. I I, I wasn't a fan of that. Yeah, that's but, fair. Uh, that's, that's one of my. I only had two nitpicks, and that was I didn't like what Madsen was doing. His first appearance on the rooftop with Batman, I almost felt like it felt like I was watching Val Kilmer and Tommy Lee Jones Two Face. It, it, you know, like Kevin Porter was just acting in a different movie than Madsen. I was like, I was. And I was just kind of like, Matson was just a little goofy. Yeah. His delivery just felt weird. But I thought he made up for it at the end. Like his second appearance, I thought was a beautiful interpretation of Harvey Bullock. Yeah, it was kind of weird. That scene specifically, the first one with him and him and Batman, because at times I thought that he was talking to a green, like Porter wasn't there. 
Maybe. I mean, COVID. I don't know if this when this was filmed, so it probably could have been that way. There were times where I was like, is he speaking to someone or is he just speaking to a mark? Like, do they have a mark for him? And he's like, all right, this is who you're talking to. Um, But yeah, like the whole scene where he's walking through Arkham and you see all the characters. Yeah, that was awesome. Like, that was a really, really really cool. cool. It kind of it kind of gave me like begins vibes. Right. Like it kind of gave me like a little bit of vibes of like Batman Begins meets like when Val Kilmer's running uh, in the bank in the opening. Like it kind of gave me like that that vibe. I really liked that. Um, I thought all the CGI stuff with the Batmobile was cool. I love the six tired Batmobile. I thought that was a really creative take. Um, I enjoyed that. And uh, th- there's a post-credit scene with Catwoman, so don't forget about that. I, Ryan Lauer missed out on it. I did too. Okay. Well, it's because you see her in the credits, and I scrubbed through the movie. I was like, where is Catwoman? I sat in front of the thing for a half hour watching. <laughs> now I, I have like, to watch Catwoman? it. So, and then I was, like, I was like, did they do post-credit? And I did, and they did. And it's a, it's a cute thing. Um, and I thought that was interesting. And Condiment King makes an appearance in the movie as well. Yes. So, and I, yeah. I wish I thought it was funny. Like I. <laughs> by like Orion Akaba. So that was interesting. And because uh, I was like, man, when does, when do you ever see Condiment King? And uh, I know. it was just cool. I thought the guy who uh, had the Mr. Freeze cameo looked uh, really cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah. That, I mean, I was surprised for a fan film how well that stuff looked. Like, the makeup was great. They did yeah, a really the make- great job. Yeah, I was uh, really, Matt, really Matt in the Sun does a fantastic job when it comes to like costuming and stuff. So I was really, yeah. it was on par with their stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it's, I, I, I said I had two nitpicks and it's hard for me to nitpick a fan film because it like, th- I thought this was really well made. Uh, the music was good. The editing was good. You know, uh, it's not a major motion picture. So like, it's hard for me to even rip, to rip them. I won't do yeah. that because this is more than anything I could have done. And, uh, I love stuff like this when it's done really well and bat in the sun does not disappoint. I'm a, I'm a big fan of their work. Yeah, I so. mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like a watching a show, right? It's, it's only 25 minutes. So it's basically the length of a, a hour show that we might want to, yeah. that mean, that we might, yeah, that we might be watching. Yeah. So, um, the, yeah, I really, I will say, I really, really did like the suit. Um, the bat suit. I thought it mm-hmm. was very, um, very, very nice, very well done and fits exactly in this story like that's i think that's the for me that's always one of the biggest things for a bat for batman is how does the suit look and oh and don't forget the mad hatter he opens up with the mad hatter there's this really cool fight scene yep opens up with a nice action piece and uh i thought that was really cool i didn't i didn't really dig him crushing mad hatter's nuts i thought that was (laughs) a little too much but like uh you know hey director's allowed to be creative and direct his vision but yeah i I really like the uh, the costuming again on the sound effects when he does it that i thought that was really cool and uh you know just him talking about his alices and stuff i i was into it I, uh, by Matt Hatter playing by Jamie Costa. Uh, just, I thought he did a great job with just the, the voice and he kind of looked a little creepy and just disturbed. And I enjoyed that whole opening, uh, that like cold open scene. I thought that was nice. Yeah. And for a 25 minute film, it does there's a lot it, in there. There's a lot in it and they pay off everything. Like nothing is left, mm-hmm. you know, which is, which is hard to do. So guys definitely check this out. It's on YouTube. Again, it's called Batman dying is easy. Um, and we and, shared and we shared it in the Straight Outta Gotham group, yes, Facebook page. It's on our Twitter account. Like we we've shared the hell out of it because you know, like I know Sean Reeves listens to our show, and uh, you know I want to support him. He's a great guy. Uh, 
we got to get him on the show at one point. We'd love to talk to him about just costume making and just bat suits. And he's been in the game for a while. So, you know, it, it's nice to give uh, him some credit because he's been, he's been doing a lot of really great stuff. And, you know, he's been teasing stuff like this on his, on his Instagram account mm-hmm. for a while. He's he, right now he's doing a John Wesley shit flash costume and he just, oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, his, uh, his Instagram uh, Reeves effects is just really just top quality stuff. So please check that out. Give him a bunch of likes. He deserves it. He's one of the good ones out there. Yeah, Sean, like I said, the suit in this is phenomenal. Yeah, so, no, he did a great job. Excellent, excellent job. All right. So we're going to close. Well, we got one more thing to talk about. Let's, let's talk about the Joker book. Yes. That's what I was saying. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to close the show. No, no, no. I was saying we're going to close with the Joker book. Um, Wonderful. There is a on what's the DC website actually there's a there's an article about Joker and and there's an interview with Tynan who obviously is writing it um, but Pete since you have already read it the book, first book give me give us a quick rundown because I haven't yet so to be brutally honest it's something I wasn't expecting it's it's not really a Joker story as much as it is a Jim Gordon story right and basically like you know, Jim Gordon has been retired post Joker war. He's not the commissioner. The mayor wants him back, blah, blah, blah. And so someone tries to hire Jim essentially as a hitman to take out the Joker. And so it's a really cool angle. And it's the first solo Joker series in, I think, 45 years or something like that. And the original Joker series, volume one, was written by the legendary, the late, great Denny O'Neill, who openly admits it's not a good bunch of books because DC was trying to make him kind of like an anti-hero in the 70s and he kind of couldn't really kill people but he always had to get away and it, it, it's it's just a convoluted mess and I, I own it I think it's I think it's 10 issues I own or 11 issues I own 10 of the 11 um, but this was really just really something interesting and I was I couldn't I I was really like how how Tynan just dug deep into like Gordon's history and it, it really delves into his past and it deals with Barbara and James Gordon Jr. And just, you know, like, you know, like one of the kind of like underlining themes is like when you close your eyes, what what does evil look like to you? You know, that type of thing. And for Jim, it's always the Joker, like the Joker. He, he you know, he played a, his son as a pawn. Right. He, he crippled his daughter, it, depending on which version or who you talk to might have raped her as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Joker's not a good guy. And, you know, and it's interesting that, you know, to kind of put Jim in the position you know, uh, in a financial constraint where he might consider taking this job and, you know, it, it, written wonderfully by James Tynan. I'm a big fan of Tynan. His run in detective was great. His run in Batman's kind of been a little iffy. Um, his department of truth that he's, it's an independent indie book. I think it's phenomenal, really great, crazy stuff in there. You guys got to go check that one out. Um, and it's also, and the book's drawn by Gillian March and uh, just fantastic artwork. Just Splash pages, panel placements. I mean, everything a real comic book fan would love. March just kills it. Uh, I, I, this is this is one hell of a book, man. I think that I think so far this might be Tynan's best work that oh, wow. I've read of his. Yeah, okay. I think this is. I think this is shaping up to be something special, DC wise. I'm really pumped for this. And you know, post Joker War, I was you know, and you know, coming off of coming off of the Joker movie, three Jokers and Joker War, I was ready to give the Joker a break. But I remember you saying that. If, yes. if if this is you know, if this this series continues this level of hype, I'm all for it, and I'm glad they didn't do that because this is really quality here. So where is Batman right now? In the story, do we know? Is there any hint uh, to him? It's uh, it's not. He's there. He's present. He's working with Jim okay. to an extent. Like Jim's still getting fed information 
you know, because the mayor's trying to, cons- the mayor doesn't want a new commissioner because B- Bullock resigned and he's trying to, he's trying to get Jim as like an independent consultant. And Jim's like, no, I'm not doing that. You know, <laughs> but Jim is kind of, was kind of like working with Batman on the side and, you know, so he's mentioned and then like Jim himself even says like, Hey, look, like, what are you contacting me for? Why don't you, there are other people who do this stuff and they're like, yeah, we're trying to stay away from the capes and tights crowd. And uh, so we'll see. I'm sure, you know, it, and it ends in typical Joker fashion. I'm like, oh my God, how many people does this guy kill? <laughs> you know, like you're like, wow, this is, this is Joker. Uh, so I'm really in, I think this is even a better version of the Joker than we saw in three, in uh, not three Jokers, in Joker War. Okay. So this might be even Tynan's best Joker War. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the story. One issue in, and I, I can't talk about this enough. I'm really excited about this and where this is going. Um, a few people gave me, uh, I remember Chris Evans, he said it was really good when he read it. Garrett Greb said it was really good when he read it. And they read it uh, early digitally for review purposes. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. Like, it's good. That, that, those are two people I trust a lot. So for them to give it high praise, I was like, I'm going to wait. You know me. I wait till the physical copy. Yes. I like holding that book in my hand. Um, and this was just a fabulous, fabulous first issue. Just really just took the ground off running. And I, was, I wasn't I was expecting it to be as, as Gordon-centered as it was, but I thought it was written brilliantly and uh, drawn wonderfully. So I think this is – if you haven't picked this book up, please go to your local comic shop and pick it up immediately. And punchline factors in, right? She does. She has a little side story because, you know, like uh, DC's kind of putting, uh, yeah. you know, backup stories in their books these days. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good because she had a special and it continues that story, punchline and, and all that jazz. So uh, I've been a fan of punchline. I know Justin doesn't like her, but I'm a big fan of punchline. Yeah, I know. I know our friend Reno likes her. So that and that's that's high praise because Reno doesn't like much. <laughs> it, yeah, he's, he's very, very protective. He takes his Joker very yes. pr- seriously. Yeah, he's very protective of Joker. So he's like right. the Canadian Tom McClellan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm glad. Like as I said, I wanted to read it. I'm glad. I, I meant to read it. it, but I'm glad now I have your confirmation and Garrett and all the other people behind it. So and I'm going to maybe you could write a review for it for the website <laughs> or something. I don't know. I, I don't think there's. I a, don't know, man. I think you could do know. it. Come on, I don't you know, enjoy writing great book reviews. reports. Just do it. Movie reviews, I like writing. The comic book. What reviews. is a comic book other than a still movie? You're right. It is. I say that That's, a lot. It's very much go. a movie. <laughs> very much go. a movie. So expect um, the Eric Holzman review. Oh boy, it's coming. I don't know. Maybe when it's finished. Oh, just do it issue by issue. It's fine. I think there's only like five or six issues anyway. Right. I, I know think, it's not a super I think long a, run. So yeah, it might it might it might just be a year long thing. It might be twelve, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. One once a month. You got this. <laughs> I just I don't know. It's another job. <laughs> it's a, it's a, another job. It's a, fifth, it's a fifth grade book report. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Intro, we'll paragraph about writing, paragraph about art, outro. That's it. It's four paragraphs. If I li- again, if I like something, I think I, you're going. If to. I really like it, I'd, I'm more. I'd be more in you know intrigued and more. I think you're willing to write. I think you're going to like something it. about this it. Is, so. uh, this isn't Gotham. This isn't Batwoman. I think you're really going to enjoy this. <laughs> this isn't BVS. No, no. I think right. you're going to dig it. All right, maybe I will. We'll we'll see. We'll we'll see how I feel after I read. Oh, peer pressure's a bitch. read it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on me doing it, but you never know. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send Laura a text. Maybe. <laughs> hey, look, the fans want more comic coverage, so I'm just saying, the audience has spoken, Eric. We'll see if they keep harassing me. 
Oh, so that's it. Oh, we all know <laughs> hashtag campaigns work. So somebody send Eric a couple yeah. death threats. You also, we'll know. Book review. you also know how I feel about hashtag movements. So <laughs> uh, I, you, I think you started one of your own. <laughs> did I start? You did? I, I think have. it was burn the Snyder cut. Oh, I did. Yes. I that did. was that all was you. Me. That was all me. I did say that. Oh, I was having a particularly rough day, probably. And <laughs> <laughs> It always comes back to the Snyder Cut lately, no matter what we do. Look, that movie is the center of the earth until like at least May 18th. Oh, all right. We got at least two months to argue about that movie left. Yep. Like, again, it always comes back to Snyder Cut. Obviously, we know that is coming on Thursday. Um, But no. What are you doing for Snyder Cut? Are you watching on Thursday? I plan, yeah. I'm going to watch it. Watch Are you going to stay up until the 3 a.m. mark? It's 2 a.m. We got – we got. I heard found out last night it's only 2 – it's 2 a.m. release for us. So it comes out at 11 p.m. Yes. Pacific? That's what I'm hearing. So that means I got to watch Man of Steel at 8.30. <laughs> that, I think I told you this. That's how I saw Rises at the movie theater. I went to the, the Begins, Dark Knight, Rises at Midnight show. So you it did it for a, a way better trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I'm um, doing it for a way more controversial trilogy. But uh, I enjoy but, yeah. the first two movies a lot, so I'm hoping for it. But it was – yeah, it's it's tough. I mean I was at a movie theater, so maybe that's why – you'll be home, so it's a little different. I'll be home. My Jiffy Pop and my, my – Eric but, bought me for Christmas. I think it was like two years ago, a, a Batman yeah. popcorn maker. So yeah. I'll go buy some kernels tomorrow in preparation. Yeah. It's funny. I bought all you guys one of those, but I didn't buy myself one. <laughs> you really should. It's actually really great. <laughs> it works so well, and it, it's it doesn't make a whole lot of popcorn right. at one point at one time. But it, it, I mean, it is it is pretty delicious. It's like and it's fresh because it's. Hey, right, Leo. That, yeah, that was the funny <laughs> thing. Like I remember after I got it, all you guys opened it. And said, I'm like, I never got myself one. I don't you know why it. I didn't. Dude, but, it's, um, there's nothing better than fresh popcorn. And that's my biggest problem with the Lowe's theaters or AMC theaters is that the popcorn sits under like a heating lamp. At least yeah. Regal is constantly popping popcorn. You have to get there when it's they just do it. Yeah, that's you got to look out. So AMC, that's my yeah. one gripe with AMC. Dude, I have no gripes with movie theaters because it looks like people are going back, and that's that's awesome. I can't so. wait to get my raspberry iced tea. I tell you, <laughs> I was talking to Bill today, and I'm, he's just like, we're talking about the Batman, and I'm like, well, if Texas is open now, I doubt they're closing anytime soon, so you can expect me down there. I'm ready for some gumbo, baby. I want oh, gumbo. I want to see the office. I want to. I want to ask Rachel how she puts up with you. <laughs> That's the true what question. What is it like being with Bill 24-7? That's the true question. We all want to know. It's the uh, answer we all She's need. an angel. She is. Very nice woman. Very nice woman. All right. Well, that wraps up this one. So tell them about us, Pete. Tell everyone about us. and You could find me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zack Snyder's favorite Vero, at Pete Illustrated. You can follow our Twitter handles for our show, Straight Outta Gotham, on Twitter and Instagram, at straight underscore O underscore G. Look out for those Grundy alerts. You could find my reviews of Dark Detective, Detective Comics, Man Bat, on BatmanOnFilm.com. You can check out Batman on Film YouTube for my interviews with Michael Uslin, Lauren Lester, Kevin Conroy, uh, Tony Todd, uh, what else? I have toy reviews for McFarlane Toys, for DCUC Toys, for Mattel Action Figures, and I even did a, a book end or two. 
Uh, and that's all I got. So please feel free to reach out to me. Let's talk. Let's have some fun. Uh, the Batman is coming. Zack Snyder's Justice League is only five days away as of this recording, and uh, it is about to get crazy up in Twitter. Yeah, you could say that again. It's definitely Twitter will once again be on fire when this movie comes, when we finally get to see it on Thursday. But as Pete said, um, everything he said, obviously, guys, check him out. Check all his stuff out. Uh, you can find us again on Facebook as well. Check out our Facebook page, our Facebook show page, and our Facebook group page. Um, the group is invitation only, so if you want to be part of just send us a, a request, and we'll, we'll, we'll let you guys in. Might ask a couple questions to check, make sure I you're I thought saying. they could just join, yeah. and they have to answer questions. Yeah. So just to make sure you're sane, that your people are sane and that we're not, not some crazy daddy. We're not letting. Yeah, we're not letting in some crazy people because trust me, Facebook can be a, a weird place. As <laughs> no well. Andre's up in that joint. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you, you guys know about Andre. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at finally33. That's spelled finale33. Also the same on Instagram. I am there as well. On Instagram, it's very much more pictures of my food, so what I cook. So if you guys are interested in cooking, you can see what I make there. That's usually what I post on my Instagram page. Um, we are, We are talking about doing a cooking show again with batman on film so we'll see what we will see what happens there but we're talking about doing that it's been something we've been talking about for years so it'd be i think it'd be pretty fun to finally get done and because it's getting warmer pete can actually go outside and use the smoker and you know yeah i, got, I didn't do one brisket last summer i so, gotta do a brisket we'll get that we'll get that down uh very quickly we probably won't record before this so if you are irish or you celebrate st patrick's day happy st patrick's day that is wednesday pete happy st joseph's day to you i know that is thursday and i know mm-hmm. italians celebrate st joseph's day will you be having pastries yes i will be having pastries and corned beef <laughs> <laughs> i will be doing both <clears throat> All right, guys, that about wraps this one up. So for Peter Vera, I'm Eric Holzman. You are listening to Straight Outta Gotham, and we will see you next time. Booyah.